a police officer, an EMS professional. You put your life on the line every day for others. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants, and you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies, and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. Do more. Be more. Be ignited. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Rodriguez and I'm the founder and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. Thanks for listening and supporting the show, everyone. It really means a lot to me. This podcast is one of my active efforts to help establish a true community of brotherhood out there among the ranks. I hope you find some solace in knowing that you're not alone and that there are others out there who are looking to build up their brothers instead of isolating them and tearing them down. Keep in mind the things that I discuss on this podcast uh, may differ in regards to the the principles that we share, but even though they may or may not be directly related to the fire service, they can be applied to the fire service. This episode today focuses on what I've deemed the four pillars of wellness. These are the areas that I utilize to keep myself in shape, mentally and physically. I'm seeing more and more stories out there and news reports about firefighters dying from heart disease and suicide. And the thing that really hits me hard about this is that these things are things that we have control over. Um, These are things that we can take active efforts toward reducing. Through our efforts and by acknowledging our status with our physical health as well as our mental health, we can consciously take the steps needed to improve our personal situations. And like I'm always saying, it's on us, guys. It's on us. We need to own it. We need to take accountability for ourselves and our situation. And we need to do what we can to improve on both fronts, mental and physical. So what are the four pillars of wellness? Well, before I get into that, I'd like to share with you guys a samurai proverb that that really speaks to me and helps drive me in all that I do. Civilize the mind, but make savage the body. This is the mantra that I live my life by. I want to be able to make an assault on both fronts, the mental and the physical. This mantra has helped bring balance in my life in a lot of different ways. And uh, I recently just finished reading David Goggins' book, Can't Hurt Me. And as I read, I couldn't help but think about how out of balance he was. Yeah, he accomplished a great many physical feats, but at what emotional and familial cost? His family uh, suffered. Um, his relationships suffered. He barely makes mention of his children in the book, and so I, I can't help but think that that relationship has suffered while he's spent so much focus and time on achieving these physical you know, feats. And granted, they are incredible. If you read about what he's done in the Guinness World Records that he's, he's set, uh, it's pretty amazing. But at what cost? To me, Balance is crucial, but balance is only one of the four pillars of wellness that I focus on in order to live a life of harmony. So, what are the pillars of wellness? These four pillars are balance, endurance, flexibility, and strength. Each one of these has a mental and physical aspect to them that will help us maintain our wellness throughout our careers. So, let's talk about each one as well as their 
uh, mental and physical aspects. First up, mental balance. A person's mental balance deals specifically in their ability to function in regards to their emotions and their behaviors. Think about it. Has there ever been a situation where you enjoyed being around a person who's allowed their emotions to take over and rule their judgment? Probably not. I know for me, I cannot stand when I witness or am at the mercy of somebody who is completely letting their emotions rule them and causing that to, to guide their actions. It's dangerous. There's been an instance where I was ordered to do something incredibly dangerous um, that went against everything I had trained for on the fire ground. And in that moment, I had refused to follow the orders that I was given. This, of course, elicited an even more emotional response from this individual because he felt his ego was under attack when, in all reality, it wasn't about him. It had nothing to do with him and everything to do with me being aware of dangerous elements that just were not worth the risk. Now, I understand that our jobs are dangerous, and I embrace that. I get it. And that's, that's part of why we do this. But when it comes to putting yourself in needlessly risky situations... You're asking for something to go wrong. And on a fire ground or EMS scene, when things are already going wrong, it's up to us to be the change toward making things go right. When it comes to the physical aspect of balance, it's pretty hard to, to point out. I see it all the time, and I'm sure you do too. Guys who love working their chest and never work the other parts of their body or muscle groups, it, it's, uh, it's ridiculous. It's comical. We laugh about it. A huge indicator of this is when a person's shoulders tend to bow in as a result of that hyper-focus on, on those individuals working their chest. And this is a perfect example because it's so easily observed. You can point it out. And if, anytime you go to the gym, you can always point out the guy who's always working chest doesn't work anything else. When a person works their chest and not the complementing uh, antagonist muscles of their back, they turn into like a hunchback of sorts. This, it's an obvious sign of a physical imbalance. A person like this may be able to flat bench a lot of weight, but ask them to pull something and they've got nothing. The biggest problem with the physical imbalance is that when a person like this is met with a more dynamic physical requirement on the fire ground, they open themselves up to injury. And what's the number one injury among firefighters and EMS workers? Back injuries. We hear it all the time. We read about it all the time. If we want to keep doing the job we love so much and enjoy our retirement to its fullest, we need to understand and accept just how important physical balance is to our well-being. Now, I kind of honed in on the chest and back, but it goes for every muscle group. It's important to be balanced throughout your body. When you're, when you're working out, when you're looking for a workout regimen, um, that balance physically is important. It's going to help protect you in the long run. Next up, endurance. Mental endurance does not mean passive suffering. It means a mental ability to withstand the pressures and challenges you may face and not only come out unscathed, but hopefully stronger for it. I recently finished a book called Anti-Fragile by Nassim Nicholas Taleb. And I've mentioned the book before in a previous episode, but I feel like it's really relevant to what mental endurance is. Taleb introduces 
and provides examples of how when a person or organization experiences a challenge, they can come away from it one of three ways. Defeated and devastated, unscathed, and the same as they were before the trial, or better and stronger than they were before they faced that adversity. And the term he gives those to who come away stronger is anti-fragile, and rightfully so. An example of the fragile would be those people who um, you feel may have to walk, you may, you may have to walk on eggshells around. So they're very fragile, they're very volatile. Um, you probably can't be honest with these people because the truth would cause them too much discontent. These people prefer harmony over honesty, um, and that just creates a, like a false environment. It's, it's not true harmony, it's just kind of like a cover-up. Uh, the robust or the people who come away unscathed are like the mythological phoenix who catches fire and burns to ash only to rise from the ashes just as they were. The key there is that they, the, the phoenix returns to its previous state just as it was. But the anti-fragile, the 1% of people, are like the hydra. When one head is cut off, two more grow in its place, making it stronger and more terrifying of an adversary. Which one of these types would you want to be? Now let's talk about the physical aspect of endurance. There are numerous instances within the fire service, uh, within the firefighting and first responder community that requires physical endurance. In fact, we have systems set up to foster that endurance. We usually label them rehab sector or something like that on a fire scene. Our system is set up so that we can endure the physical demands of the fire ground or EMS scene. We don't know what we may be called to do at any given moment, which is exactly why it's important to do the work on the front end rather than to try to act as if when the time comes I'll be able to perform, no problem. Now that's ego talking, not professionalism. It's been said that we don't rise to the level of our expectations, we fall to the level of our training. So to act as if you can just pull a rabbit out of the hat on scene rather than build yourself up so that you're at the ready to respond, you're fooling yourself and you're openly saying that you're okay with being a liability on a fire ground. And I don't know about you, but I'm not okay with that. Moving on to flexibility. Mental flexibility is the ability to switch between two or more different ideas or concepts or think about multiple concepts simultaneously. The quicker you are able to switch between ideas and concepts, the more cognitively flexible you are. I hope that makes sense. On a fire ground or EMS scene, there are things that are constantly changing. Our environments are incredibly dynamic and we have to do, or we have to be able to adapt to these ever-changing environments at the drop of a hat. We don't have the luxury of working in an ER where sterile environments are commonplace. Lighting is fantastic and there aren't vehicles zooming by that are too busy on their phones with, instead of paying attention and uh, not running you over. Um, the mental flexibility element allows us to keep focused on the life-saving tasks that the situation requires instead of getting locked into a single mode or mentality. Physical flexibility. This varies between people. However, that doesn't mean that you're locked into your situation. Injury abounds when you aren't physically flexible. Tendons, ligaments, and muscles 
are all more susceptible to tear and more susceptible to injury as a result of a lack of flexibility. How can we do our jobs that we swore to do if we're sitting up at admin on light duty because we injured ourselves? The whole reason we fought so hard to get into the careers we're in is so that we can actually do the job. Finally, let's talk about strength. Mental strength is finding the courage to live according to your values and being bold enough to create your own definition of success. That's my definition of mental strength. To me, going against the status quo while everyone else seems comfortable in their complacency is incredibly admirable and respectable. These are the types of people I look to as mentors. I aim to be environments where I'm among these people. I don't want to be the smartest or most knowledgeable person in the room. I want to be looking up to people. I want to be around people that, that bring me up. And I find that the people who display that courage to live according to their values and are, are bold enough to take action to make positive changes are those people that definitively display mental strength. Now, on the physical side, on a fire ground, you're either an asset or a liability. It sounds harsh, but it's the truth. Your strength is directly related to the tasks that you could perform on a fire ground. And if you're the one struggling to catch your breath or haul your own weight around, how can you possibly be expected to help save anyone else? There's really no excuse for being out of shape when it comes to this job. We all swore an oath, and if you're not living up to that, then you've got some changes that you need to be making. All right, everyone, we talked about what the four pillars of wellness are, and we talked a little bit about what defines them. We talked about what defines them mentally as well as physically. So let's go through each one of them and talk about some action steps that we can take to implement into our lives so that we can be intentionally proactive in our efforts and as a result, improve ourselves and our environments. Again, first off, let's talk about balance. What are some action steps that we can take to improve the balance in our lives? First off, let's talk about the mental aspect. To me, awareness is the first step toward becoming mentally balanced. Awareness is the key. The ability to identify that there's a problem or an imbalance is step one. It's crucial. Maybe you're more present at work than you are at home. Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe you aren't connecting in a meaningful way to your loved ones, or you find yourself withdrawn from people altogether. Regardless of what the imbalance is, it must be paid attention to and addressed. Like I'd mentioned earlier, while I was reading David Goggin's book, I was really impressed with his physical accomplishments, but I couldn't help but pay attention to how his personal relationships suffered as a result. To me, that is imbalance. Now let's talk about the physical aspect of balance. Have you ever seen one of those BOSU balance platforms at the gym? It's like that half bouncy ball, uh, half platform thing. Well, if you've ever tried to stand on one of those, you immediately get a wake-up call to just how much work your body needs in regards to balance. Core work can get you pretty far when it comes to uh, providing physical balance and, and shoring that up. But you've got to do core work like 
planks, back extensions, hanging knee tucks, things like that, in conjunction with balance work that engages all those little stabilizers throughout your entire body. Those BOSU platforms are great for this stuff. There are all kinds of workouts out there that you can do and that you can implement into what you're doing now that'll help shore that up. Now let's move on to endurance. Mental endurance requires intentionality. Goal setting is a big part of this. You've got to have an idea of what your end game is so that the path doesn't seem so long and arduous. One way to engage an intentional attitude is to create time blocks during each day to spend a small amount of time working toward whatever goal it is you're working on. When it comes to goal setting, I suggest making quarterly goals. That's how I do it. These should be things that you can take small steps toward every day. So for example, I want to spend at least 15 minutes with one of my children every day. I'm not saying spend 15 minutes with each of them every single day. I'm saying when I'm off duty, I make it a point to spend at least 15 minutes with one of them every day. I purposefully block out time to focus on having a conversation or playing a game or watching a movie with them or a show or reading to them. These small moments add up. And in my experience, kids don't need you to be all about them every day. They need you to spend quality moments with them that they know without a shadow of a doubt that they are loved. I see parents losing themselves as slaves to their kids and they become depressed and imbalanced and don't know how they wound up where they did. They lose themselves. It's because they passively allowed it to happen instead of being intentional and purposeful in their actions toward creating meaningful moments. Now let's talk about physical endurance. This requires a lot of willpower, a lot of self-discipline, and perseverance. In my experience as a fitness trainer, most times the largest hurdle is due to a mental block. Um, so like, for example, I was helping a, uh, a client try to learn how to do box jumps. And um, I knew this person could do a good 20-inch box jump. I knew she had it in her. But she had that mental block that she just couldn't do it. So I started her out at the 6-inch, and then we moved up to the 12-inch. But once we got over these, these mental blocks, she did it no problem, and then kind of felt like it was hard to believe that she could do it herself. Um, one of the ways I've implemented building physical endurance myself is to utilize high-intensity interval training, HIIT, HIT. It's a method of cardio training that has you work hard in intervals and then rest. So, for example, you go hard for 30 seconds, you don't quit, you keep going, and then you rest for 10. You go for 30 seconds, you rest for 10, just like that. I usually fill a 20 to 40 minute block of time with HIIT training. It's an incredible calorie burn and great for when you're looking to get your body ready for swimsuit season. Let's talk about flexibility. Mental flexibility. I feel can be best implemented through open-mindedness. To be flexible enough in your way of thinking that you can see things from others' perspectives will provide you with an attribute that people will be drawn to. People will begin to understand that you aren't going to judge them for their thoughts and ideas and that they can come to you when they themselves might be working through a new concept or idea. 
when people come to you to help them navigate their situation or thoughts and emotions that they may be challenged with, the rewards on both sides are huge. It builds trust, it promotes conversation, and we all know that nothing new can happen and no changes can be made to a situation that's less than ideal unless quality conversation takes place. Let's talk about an awesome physical action step you can take towards flexibility. One word, yoga. <laughs> yoga is amazing. I don't know if you've ever taken a yoga class, but I highly, highly recommend it. I'm usually the only guy in there, and I'm nowhere near as flexible as these women that I take the classes with, but going through the stretch and balance progressions that we do makes me incredibly relaxed, and it loosens up my body as well. Um, as proven by the classes that I take, like I said, typically women are the ones taking advantage of this. However, there are huge benefits to us men, and even more specifically, firefighters. When I've heard about guys on my department getting injured, it's usually due to some inadequacy in strength and or flexibility. It's one of those two. Sometimes it's ego that injures us when we think, oh, I can lift that, but we really can't. And then we try to go full throttle in performing tasks that we don't often perform, and then it catches up with us and bites us in the butt. Uh, the key is to work up to these moments and be prepared for them so that when they do show up, we're not caught off guard and then injured. Do yourself a favor. Check out my friend's movement on Facebook. Her name is Olivia Mead, and she founded Yoga for First Responders. It's a business and a movement focused solely on providing yoga instruction to firefighters and first responders. She's traveled the country and instructed police and fire organizations as to why this is so important for us mentally and physically. It's really, really awesome what she's doing. She's really amazing, and I hope that wherever you are listening to this, that you check out her website. You can learn more about her and what she's doing at www.yogaforfirstresponders.org. Last but not least, let's talk about strength. What are some action steps we can take to build mental strength? The key word here is discipline, guys. Discipline is the word that comes to mind when I think of mental strength. Once you've decided on a goal, discipline in adhering to the plan is the only thing that will get you there. It's the only thing that can fulfill those goals and make them a reality. The ability to be consistent is a huge factor when it comes to discipline. I've learned to create and implement small systems that help me to stay focused and not feel overwhelmed. So like I've said before, lofty goals are great, but if you act as if you have to accomplish all of it right now, you'll feel so overwhelmed that you won't even want to get started. So the key is taking small and consistent steps toward that goal, and this will help you allow your brain a sense of accomplishment without the dread of overwhelm. I wanted to talk a little bit about fulfillment here. If you aren't fulfilled where you are, it's time to make a move in one way or another. You can either search out a new situation within your current environment that's going to provide you with that fulfillment, or you can create an environment where that fulfillment abounds. So for example, if you don't feel like your organization is really holding to a standard when it comes to physical fitness, and you feel like it's having a negative effect on you, do what you can with what you have where you are to influence that change. Invite your crew to work out with you. Construct a program that people within your organization can use on their on-duty as well as off-duty days so that they can be consistent with their efforts. I did that exact thing for my organization and got almost an immediate response when I launched it. 
My whole goal was to provide a pathway to that fulfillment that people might not be feeling when it comes to their physical fitness. Now let's talk about the action steps that we can take toward physical strength. Physical strength requires hard work and commitment, guys. It just does. You've got to put in the work. However, you've also got to formulate a plan and take action on that plan. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. You've probably heard that before, but it's true. You've got to start, and the time is now. People are counting on you to perform the physical demands of saving their lives. There is no excuse. There is no, well, I'm really tired, chief. Really tired, cap. Can't go in that house right now. Really tired. I can't, uh, I'm just not feeling it. I'm afraid it might hurt my back. You know, my back's been hurting a little bit. There's none of that. No, mm -mm. there's no excuse for that. No one looks at an out-of-shape firefighter and thinks, I hope that's the guy or gal that responds to my emergency. People want to be proud of their firefighters and first responders. Being physically strong and fit gives the public instant confidence in our ability and makes them feel safe, which ultimately is our goal. We want them to feel safe and we want them to be safe. One of the things you need to be able to do is um, identify where you're weak when it comes to your physical strength. Uh, search out plans or programs that you think appeal to you. I've put together uh, a program, like I said, for my organization, and I'm making it available to everybody who listens to this podcast as well as those on the Facebook group. Um, I'll talk about that in just a little bit. But you need to be able to accept that, that there's an issue. Understand and be you know to own it. Take some ownership of it and understand that you need to make an improvement. Then you can seek something out that's going to help you get to that place that you want to be. All right, everyone, I hope you've enjoyed listening to what I call the four pillars of wellness. These are four things that I consciously make an effort to be aware of every single day. They help me be intentional and proactive rather than reactive. Our careers are based on reactionary behaviors. You know, some, something bad happens, we get called to the scene. We are a reactionary event. Think about it. We have multi-million dollar pieces of apparatus that are specifically engineered and outfitted to deal with a situation after it's already happened. We don't have fire trucks in order to prevent fires. They're built to respond to a situation that's already in progress or has already happened. The trouble with this kind of environment is that attitude tends to bleed over to our personal lives. Rather than being proactive in our lives, we find ourselves simply reacting. And I've spoken to a lot of people in organizations around the country, most of them in the fire service, that are facing a reactionary mentality when it comes to those leading their organizations. It's rare when we see administrators with a proactive attitude in building people up and investing in personal character development rather than just checking boxes of a system that perpetuates a culture of no accountability, integrity, or trust. If any of you out there are interested in the workout program that I created for my organization that I mentioned earlier, go to my website at www.ignitedff.com and click the link in the top right. It'll take you to a page where you can purchase the 28-day program that I put together geared toward firefighting activities. It's got endurance, strength training, all of that good stuff, and it breaks it down in 28 days, and it's only $28. That's a dollar a day. It focuses, like I said, on movements and strength training related directly to the fire service, but 
anyone can anyone can benefit from this plan. It's the four-week plan, shortest month of the year, 28 days. I also lay out how to construct your workouts, and I include a calendar to help you guys stay consistent with your efforts. Without that consistency, you're, you're just bound to fail. Consistency is key. I go over the elements of what make up an effective strength training program and show you how to do each exercise. There's pictures of me performing each of the exercises. Uh, this program can be useful for the novice or the veteran. It doesn't matter what level you're at. So if you're looking to start a workout program or switch things up, this will provide you the route. Again, if you're interested, go to the website at www.ignitedff.com and click the link in the top right. That will take you to the page where you can purchase the program and get a link for the download. for listening to the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. Please subscribe and leave a review. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IgnitedFF. Also, I'd love to invite you to join the Ignited Firefighters Facebook group. This is where firefighters and first responders can come together and share our experiences, perspectives, and challenges. By having these meaningful discussions, we can help refine and support each other as we serve our communities. I look forward to discussing ideas and topics like the one we talked about today with you inside the group. I'm on duty today, so it's kind of hit and miss, and I've filled the gaps here with, our, with this episode as I could, calls per minute. So thank you for being patient, guys. Until next time, own it, and be hard to kill out there.